With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. JT Hello, my friends. JT DeBolt with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday. You know what that means? It's time to come together and talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high-performance, high-altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you by FlyWithJT.com. That is FlyWithJT.com, where you can access my 52-week audio course called The Weekly Momentum Shift. Each and every single week, I will send you an MP3 with a strategy, a technique for your mindset to get yourself into action, to get past overwhelm, to get past the procrastination, and have the mental toughness to follow through to accomplish your mission. And you can access all 52 weeks of that for free by going to flywithjt.com. That is flywithjt.com. And of course, stay connected to everything we're doing in the high-altitude community. I want to start this week's episode off with a little story about a humble farmer who was part of a community in rural Japan. Each person in this community was a farmer or some sort of a agricultural type of person in in their own right. Some people grew wheat, some people grew vegetables, some people grew roots like uh, uh, potatoes and beets and things like this. Some people grew berries... But the, the concept here was most of the people inside this village were agricultural. They were farmers. And one year, one of the farmers decided that he was going to take out his crop of wheat. He figured there was enough people growing wheat. There was enough people growing corn. There were enough people growing everything else. And he was going to grow something completely different. So his neighbors noticed him taking out all of his crops. And they thought, wow, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to grow a new crop. So he started planting the seeds. He plants the seeds. He cares for the soil. He waters. He fertilizes. He does everything that a good farmer would do. And a season comes and passes, and there's nothing to show for it, nothing inside his crop. Meanwhile, all of his neighbors have big, strong, hardy crops. They have plenty to feed themselves, plenty to sell at the market, plenty to even give away to their neighbors. But they're looking at this, this, this farmer, their friend, and they're seeing that he has nothing, no crop to show. Another season comes to pass, and still nothing. Now people are starting to get concerned for him. They're starting to wonder, you know, what has he done to his crop? What kind of a farmer is he if nothing is going to come up? No, no signs of any sprouts or shoots, no sign of green to be seen for any part of his entire plot. 
what could possibly be going wrong with this farmer's crop? A third season comes to pass, and still nothing to show for it. And by this time, the neighbors are starting to wonder if he's lost his mind. The other farmers, they're thriving. Their crops have been growing year in and year out, season in, season out. They're getting to a point where they're having to actually help him, sustain him, giving away some of their crops so he can feed his own family. A fourth year comes to pass, and still no crop. But finally, in the fifth year, the fifth year of diligence, the fifth year of care, the fifth year of showing up every single morning and working his land, caring for this crop that has yet to show up. Finally, in the fifth season, a sprout begins to break the surface of the dirt, and then another and another and another. And pretty soon, there's this small kind of green carpet that covers the entire plot of land for as far as the eye can see. But within weeks, it goes from just being a small sprout to a knee-high plant. And weeks after that, it goes from just being a knee-high plant to six feet tall. And within a couple of months, it becomes a forest of bamboo. You see, this, this farmer had planted the seeds of bamboo, and it took years, five years, to gestate, five years to show any evidence, to five years to even show any proof that his hard work, his sacrifice, would actually pay off. And then in a matter of weeks, in just a couple of months, it went from just being a sprout that the world could see to a forest several tens of feet high, 20, 30, 40 feet high. In fact, it became a forest of bamboo that became so useful that he was able to help build better buildings and, and structures for the village. He was able to help them build better tools to cultivate their land. He was able to give them the bamboo that would actually help them even build weaponry and shields and things to protect them in the case of invaders from other far-off lands. He was able to sell his crop to neighboring communities and villages and actually help thrive his village. And not only did he create something that was sustainable, something that was profitable, something that helped everybody benefit. It was something that went on for generations and still to this day continues to grow. Long after the wheat and the vegetables and the berries and all the other crops had been consumed, the bamboo persisted. It continued. It lived on. All because of one humble farmer's patience. It's a great illustration. It's a great story and I love the story of the bamboo farmer because there's so many rich sort of lessons inside that story. But today, I want to talk about the power of patience. I want to talk about how we as entrepreneurs, as leaders, as executives who are leading teams and corporations, how athletes must have this power of patience. You got to think of patience a little bit like a muscle. It takes time to grow. It takes time to cultivate just like the bamboo. A lot of times I'll hear people say, well, I'm not a very patient person. But this is a declaration, a personal belief system, very similar to saying, well, I'm not very good at memorizing names, or I'm not very good with money, or I'm not very good with children, or whatever kind of a limiting belief we might have. All of those things are things we can change. Those are things we can work on and improve. Yes, patience can wear thin, even to the most patient person but can also be quickly recovered. You see, it's an interesting thing. Once we learn the power of patience and how to develop it, not only 
do we have a much longer fuse, but we know how to recover from it once we blow that fuse. Any undisciplined person can lose it, right? Anybody can throw their weight around. They could be somebody who's short-tempered and grumpy. They could be the kind of person that feels like they have to inflict that on the world to demonstrate their internal power. But it takes a truly disciplined and strong person to be able to live the virtue of patience, to exude it in all they do, both in the good times but most certainly in the challenging times. I want to talk to you today about how to develop and harness the power of patience in everything you do. Whether you're leading a team at work, whether you're building a business, whether you're growing a business, whether you've got clients, customers, people that are counting on you, whether you're the coach of a team, be that a professional team or a sports team or a business team, if you are somebody who's in a leadership role, the power of patience is something that you must develop. And the good news is it doesn't matter where you are in life, doesn't matter what your background is, doesn't matter where you've been, whether you are a naturally patient person or somebody who needs to really work on this, what I'm going to teach you today are five things that can absolutely help you become a stronger, more patient person. And not only will this help you, it will help the people that you work with. They will begin to trust you more. Because instead of being the flamethrower that flies off the handle, you're the person they can go to and understand and realize and believe in and trust that when you approach them with a problem, you're going to listen to them. You're going to give them an audience. They feel safe in your presence. They feel like they have a chance to come up with a solution. Everybody else who loses their cool, blows their top, those are the kind of people that push others away. And that is not a quality of a strong leader. You really do have to have patience to be a leader, and more importantly, you have to have patience to do anything of real significance in life doesn't matter what your goal is, doesn't matter what your mission is, it's very important to have this sense that we can harness our internal strength and allow our patience to rule the day. The first part to developing patience, this real power of patience, is it's just like anything else. If, if you're trying to break a bad habit, let's say your habit is you blow your top. Well, let's say that you have a habit of eating junk food. You certainly, if you're trying to break the habit of eating junk food, you're going to remove the temptation, right? You're not going to leave the cookies and the licorice and all the other crap inside your pantry. You're going to get that stuff out of your house because you have to give yourself a fighting chance to develop that positive behavior, to develop the discipline to be able to follow through on it. You have to remove the temptation. And so often patience is difficult when we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. We look at somebody else and think, man, look how far ahead they are. I should be further ahead by now. At this stage in my life, I should be X, Y, and Z. I should have this much money in the bank. I should have this many kids. I should be married. I should have this kind of house. We start comparing ourselves to other people as if that's the ideal. And a lot of times, society presents us with a, quote, ideal situation or an ideal picture of the way things should be, and it doesn't always line up with who we are at the core value level, at the DNA level. So we've got to remove the temptation of wanting to be impatient, because it's very easy to look at somebody and think, well, look how they did it. They did it in 30 days or 90 days. They were able to start their career right out of you know, college, and now all of a sudden they've got the big house, they've got the fancy cars. What about me? And we start to become impatient with ourselves. Maybe one of the most dangerous mistakes we can make. We start to become impatient with the people around us. 
All of a sudden, we start snapping at our spouse and our children. We start saying, you know, it's, it's not my fault. We start thinking about all the different ways that we can shed some of that blame. But, as you know, because you've listened to the High Altitude Mentorship Show for a long time, that there is this sense of personal responsibility. It's one of the strongest things we can develop as a leader, is a sense of personal responsibility, where we accept ownership and responsibility for the things that happen in our life, both good and bad. And if we're constantly looking over our shoulder, constantly comparing ourselves to somebody else, constantly comparing our beginning to somebody else's middle, it's very easy to become impatient, particularly with ourselves. So we have to remove that temptation. Instead of thinking we should be farther along or having this ego-based need for now, we have to pull back and ask ourselves a powerful question. What is good or what is right about this about right now about how it is not how we wish it would be not how we think it should be but how it actually is what's good about this what's right about this well we're pressed against the deadline well what's good about that what's good about the fact that you're up against the deadline and you may not hit it What's good about the fact that you're looking at the other people and saying to yourself, I should be further along? Maybe it means, hey, this is a wake-up call to get your butt in action. Maybe this means, hey, we need to elevate our standards and stop accepting mediocrity or accepting what everybody else says is okay. Instead of taking all the time off, maybe we put a little more time into the dream or into the mission. Maybe we raise the standards, raise the bar for not just ourselves but the people around us. What's good about this? What's right about right now and how it is? Not about how we want it to be or how we think it should be, but what's good or what's right about how it actually is. Next is it's just like any skill. It takes practice. To develop the power of patience, it takes an everyday commitment to working on it. I challenge you to put yourself into positions where your patience is challenged. If it's the thing that continually kicks your butt, some people say, well, I'm not very good at sales. Well, then pick up the phone and do more sales. Some people say, I'm not very good at communicating. Well, then get in front of people. Meet more people. Well, I'm an introvert. Okay, you can work through that. You can choose to be an introvert. You can choose to say that's not how I operate. Or you can put yourself out there. But it takes patience. You've got to be patient with yourself. So whatever it is that challenges you, that creates that impatience in your life, Ask yourself, how can I do more of that? How can I push myself to become better in that area? If it's important enough to you, you will find a way to do that. If it's not, you'll find a way to back away from it, to back down from it and let it win. But I can promise you this, patience is developed through practice. (laughs) I remember when I first, when our, our daughter Callie was first born, the first time I ever became a parent, My firstborn was born, and I remember people saying to me, now you're really going to learn what it takes to develop patience. And they were right. I remember the first time, I can actually remember this like it just happened recently, when my wife had gone away to a business conference. It was just for the evening. It was in town. She just left. She went down, and she was going to meet some folks, and they were going to talk business and real estate. And I was there home with our brand-new baby girl, and she would not go to sleep. She was crying. She was upset. I couldn't burp her. I couldn't feed her. I couldn't, you know, I changed her diaper, everything. She was just so overtired that she couldn't fall asleep. But she's screaming bloody murder. Heaven help her little heart. And she would not fall asleep. And so I picked her up in the most loving way I could. 
and I walked her up and down the stairs. Now you have to remember, this was probably May, June, July. It was probably July time frame in San Diego, California. So it was rather warm. Our house didn't particularly have central air conditioning, so you know we had all the windows open, but it was still warm. And I'm walking her up and down these stairs. We must have done 50, 60, 70 laps before she finally fell asleep. And I was exhausted, dripping with sweat, no joke. It was one of the most amazing stair climber workouts I had ever done. <laughs> but it was also an important workout for patients. It was something that taught me that it takes practice. You have to go through it again and again. And if you shy away from those moments, you hand the crying baby off metaphorically or literally to somebody else instead of taking on the role of being more patient, then you're backing away from the challenge. You're deferring that amazing opportunity to become stronger. And that's sad. It's also unacceptable for, lead for leaders. And so you've got to practice it every single day. But there's another part to practicing. We talk about practice making perfect, and really, it's the most perfect practice you can create that makes perfection, right? And you know how I feel about perfection. I don't believe, I believe it's a, a bunch of hooey. You know, I think it's a delusion that we fall for. I think it's total BS. It's not about being perfect. It's about being awesome. Don't be perfect. Just be awesome. But I have to tell you this. In order to actually get to that place where you start really refining and becoming excellent, and getting to that place of, of true authentic patience, you have to feel it. You have to actually feel the frustration boiling. You have to feel the impatience showing up. you got to feel it, be present with it, and notice how you personally experience it. Notice where you feel it in your body. Is it like a pounding thing in your temple? Is it a rising in your chest? Is it a boiling in your stomach? Where do you feel the frustration? Where do you feel the impatience coming up? Notice what it is that triggers you. Is it the loud noises? Is it the feeling of pressure? Is it the, the sense that everybody's kind of looking at you in a weird way? What is it about that situation that creates the impatience? What triggered it? Feel yourself becoming stronger through it. As you breathe, breathe deep. As you feel, feel entirely. Don't distract yourself. Don't back away from it. Stand tall in the face of this feeling. And feel yourself take control of the situation. The Navy SEALs teach a program or teach a, teach a technique called box breathing. You've probably heard me talk about it here on the podcast more than once. Box breathing is where you're in a tight situation, a tough situation. Maybe you're dealing with fear. Maybe you're dealing with frustration. Maybe you're just dealing with something that feels like anxiety or stress, the pressure. We all feel it. The Navy SEALs just deal with it differently. According to Mark Devine, retired commander of the United States Navy SEALs and the CEO and founder of SEAL Fit, he teaches what they call uh, box breathing. What that means is you inhale for four seconds. You hold that inhale for four seconds, then you exhale for four seconds, then you hold that empty breath for four seconds, and you continue. So it becomes a four seconds in, four second hold, four second exhale, and another four second hold, and then you continue this for four minutes. And something physiologically happens. You start to slow things down. The stress starts to disseminate. Your brain becomes sharper. You start to get more focused on what's really important. And you'll find that you become much more patient. You become much more in control. 
but you have to feel it in order to develop the power of patience. You have to feel the frustration, feel the stress, feel even the anger that you might be having, feel the fear, feel the insecurity, feel that sense of being out of control in order to get yourself back into control. Next, we got to focus on progress. Now, this is one of the most important prescriptions I give any one of my clients when it comes to achieving greatness or improving their, their performance in any area. You have to focus on progress. So often we focus on the result. But I'm talking about focusing on progress here. Laser focus. Focus your energy on getting through or past the situation. So it's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to lose your cool. It's easy to blow your top. But instead, what if we got laser focused on actually creating the solution, getting to work, picking up the axe and whacking away at the tree? When we put our focus on progress and when we focus our energy toward moving ahead, that's when we really step into our power. And that's when we can feel the patience start to take over. That's when we feel the patience coming back to us. It's that ebb and flow. It's like, a, it's like a tug of war, right? So instead of the war being won by our frustration, our anger, or the surrendering of our power, we step back into our power. Now the, the momentum shifts in the favor of patience. We feel the patience take over, and pretty soon we start to feel ourselves come back to our center. We feel whole again. And as we're doing this, it's important to measure it. Write it out in your journal. You know, talk it out to a friend. Note the improvement. And, and yes, you can note the backslide. You're human. We're all human, and there are times where we lose our cool, and we think to ourselves, man, I just totally, you know, I, I've regressed. But instead of beating ourselves up, we have to take note of it and say, how did I regress? What can I do better? It was bound to happen at some point. It's not the end of the world. I just need to get back in the saddle. The key is to commit to daily improvement. The key is to remove the temptation as much as we can. The temptation to compare ourselves to others, to think that we should be further along than we are, to have that ego-based need for now. The key is to practice the patience, the power of patience every single day, to put ourselves into those challenging positions. And then when we're in that position and we feel the frustration or we feel the patience start to wane from us, start to to flow away, then we ask ourselves, how can we be present? How can we feel that? Where do we, where do we notice it in our bodies? What triggered it in the first place? And then focus our energy. Focus on progress. Focus on getting past the situation. And when we do, journal it. Measure it. Take, take note of the victory. Take note of what it caused of you, what it took of you to create that success. And do it again and do it more. Here's the beautiful parts of this, my friend. It is a journey just like anything else. You can work to become a more patient person by the end of the week. You'll see the progress for sure. If you put this action, these, these action steps into place, I can promise you this, you will feel more patience. So put this into action. Feel yourself becoming not just more patient, but more powerful in the process. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show each and every single Wednesday. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com and access your 52-week subscription to the Weekly Momentum Shift. And remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you next week.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.